I'm like, con- oh, that's that thing where he goes, whoop, 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 slides. And I always go, oh, yeah, sliding. I don't think it's a slide. <laughs> So let's do a podcast. Let's do it. Hey, it's Engineering Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Woo! Uh, I feel rusty. <laughs> We've taken a while off. Too much. Too much. Uh, That's all you have to say. For, thanks for joining us uh, for another another romp in the laboratory. That doesn't feel right. <laughs> another romp. Uh, thanks. Didn't sound right either. And special thanks, as always, to our backers on Patreon who help make this uh, make this thing continue to exist. Uh, they throw us as little as a dollar an episode to help out. If you want to jump on that wagon train, what would fit in the laboratory context that you would jump on, like with everyone else? Mm, a little model train that like delivers chemical bottles of chemicals around the room. I like how you get worked to train into the laboratory rather than coming up with a laboratory equivalent. There's a robot arm that hands you things. Anyway, if you want to hop on the robot arm, <laughs> you can do that at Patre- patreon.zengineeringpodcast.com. P-A-T-R-E-O-N.zengineeringpodcast.com. Word, man. So, not kidding. Rusty took some time off. Your skin looks has a reddish tone to it. Mine does. It was a rust joke. Oh, but um, I was like, that ch- could just be the, like, <laughs> <video> <laughs> we'll just give it a dump. <laughs> I was but, like, oh, um, thank you for looking at me. <laughs> so what? Uh, so so we got. Well, we'll do news. But first, what what's our what's the meat this week? Uh, we're going to talk about learning to play musical instruments and all of the joys and all of the sorrows that surround that. We literally were going to talk about evolution and politics. Like we have notes on it. So I'm saving to do it later. And you were, I was a, literally about <laughs> to say, Hey, this is engineering. And you went, do you want to talk about learning to play a music instrument instead? I got stage fright with evolution a little bit because because our our prep for the episode was okay. I'm gonna go get a snack. You read the Wikipedia article <laughs> real quick. Even even in a podcast that has relatively low preparation, uh, that didn't didn't quite feel right. <laughs> but but it worked because what you threw out, I was like, yes, absolutely. Yeah, this is a good rust, a uh, good episode to do rusty. Talking about teaching myself to play guitar is an oft repeated uh, conversation in part because I run into musicians all the time because of my wife's profession, mm-hmm. a professional uh, musician. I, it comes up a lot for me with people who aren't musicians who love music. Uh, cause they like, they ask about it and I love, I love sharing this cause it's really, it, I'll never forget it. It was, it was unbelievably interesting learning to play uh, an instrument and it opened my eyes to music in a way that I, I don't know how I would have it if I had never tried. But first, what do you got for? You got anything good for news? No, no cool science thing. My last comment, I guess. Nuggets? Oh sh- man, I always forget to do this part. Maybe I got it. one while you get it together. <laughs> so, <laughs> excuse me. Uh, here's the thing that you can speak to as a software engineer. There's a problem with computers 
and computational systems that uh, generating random numbers is sometimes a thing that would be useful to be able to do, but computers are not particularly good at. Correct? Uh, Yeah, I think actually computers cannot do it, kind of. Because they always remember how they generated that number? Yeah, I, I can't speak super intelligently on this, but I think the idea is essentially uh, ran- we're not even really sure if randomness exists in the universe, right? So we have to use things that are like organic universe to do randomness. So computers are like absolute. They, they just can't do it. You can approximate it. but Well, right. And so randomness seems to appear in nature. This is this this actually sort of relates to the evolution mm-hmm. conversation we didn't have. If randomness occurs in nature, it's there. So then you have these questions of, well, is there a way to harness that? So there's a company called Cloudflare, <laughs> who, without up. explaining what Cloudflare does exactly, encryption is a really important part of their uh, what they add to the infrastructure of the internet. And encryption is strengthened by the ability to do things like pull random numbers. Um, And so an example of a random number generator that they use is a wall full of lava lamps with a number of cameras looking at the lava lamps. And it, it takes the pixels from that picture of the lava lamps just doing randomness of bubbles and wax and oil is then the data subset that they use to generate a random number to do encryption things on the internet. Because if this is like guessable, the you, people are going to be able to like watch bank traffic and stuff like that. Um, they have a bunch of different other things, but the funny it's it's funny that it comes down to this weird meat space interaction of we're going to run some plasma over here and it's going to do weird things and we'll take a picture of that and no one can get in there and hack unless they could get a feed from that camera can get in there and hack how the <laughs> lava lamps are going to really generate a fake feed of lava lamps and right. splice the signal so no one notices, but you're secretly controlling it doable doable these days, I suppose. Which is then a funny thing to consider in that lava lamps are were popular because you just have a random. It's like I'm going to turn on this random sequence generator in the corner. Right. That's part of why it feels good and I think. enjoy it. <laughs> yeah, I use the word organic a lot to represent. I think like uh, random or natural or non-controlled, um, which I think is an appropriate use of it, but. Uh, yeah, that like organic behavior, right? You're putting heat into a, a complex fluid system and it just kind of behaves on its own. You know, it's not, it's not consistent. Um, there's some neat pictures. We'll post, we'll post a link in this, this episode for sure. Uh, it's a pretty wall. It's it was such a pretty wall to have at your office. <laughs> there's like a thousand, uh, lava lamps in the entryway or wherever they have it. Yeah, it is. It is. It's kind of nice to look at too. But it's weird art for sure. Uh, okay, did that buy you enough time to find something you got? <laughs> I can't. I can't think while I'm also trying to talk. Um, let me see if I can think of anything good that I did this last week or read about this last week. We just cut it in. Sciencey stuff. I've got a fun one. It's kind of. Is, is it okay if it's climatey based? Yeah, sure. Can it just be like? Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is this is the uh, the deep trip down the the climate change 
hole uh, that I've found myself in. Uh, just some fun. We're working fun. on guests for more f- full on climate climate change episodes. But yeah, I mean, I, I would I would love to just talk to experts about climate change all day. So if any of you who are listening are climate change experts or have a good introduction to make, uh, reach out and we're stoked. Uh, it's a great space and it touches on everything we talk about too. You know, it touches all of our technology. So not to just harp on it, but uh, just a fun one. Fun news recent. I think it was a report released this week. Uh, this is, this is, this is lame. <laughs> I don't want this to be our fun science. Yeah, do, it, do it. I don't care. I will. I, I want to try to make it fun. Uh, California set, uh, goals for 2020 to reach its carbon emissions equivalent to 1990, right? We're talking 30 years later to actually continue to grow our economy, grow our population, grow the technologies, use more energy. All of these things are increasing, right? Uh, but to limit carbon emissions, CO2, uh, pollution, climate change causing pollution, uh, and to reduce it by 2020 to 1990 levels. Um, and a report released this week uh, says that California reached that in 2016. Takes a long time to run these numbers and look at all this stuff and validate everything. Uh, so California hit its 2020 goals uh, two years ago, four years ahead of schedule. Uh, and along those lines, uh, one of the contributors, uh, solar power generation. Uh, there was a period on our grid, California's electric grid, relatively recently, where 50% of the electricity at that moment uh, was coming from renewable solar energy, uh, which is not to be mistaken with 50% of our energy generally coming from solar. That's not happening. It's much lower. But during the day, a uh, lot of sunlight, a lot of solar energy on the grid, 50% of energy in that in that small period of time was just renewable solar, which is awesome. The thing I feel like I want to point out when you when you talk about that news is that it it there's an adoption curve to this. Like energy companies are just in the business of selling energy. And once there's better margin like marginal return on a type, it's going to dominate and really fast because then all you have to do is teach the other learn how they did it and you can do the same thing. That's capitalism. And the best possible source of energy we're going to have is the giant reaction happening in the sky that fuels all of life it's a lot that of energy. we know of. It's a lot of energy. <clears throat> it's complicated. Um, there are lots of other problems, for sure, not to get into right now. But I'm, There's an I'm inevitability just... past like ideological idea of clean energy buried in this whole thing that I don't know that people understand. Wait, the what? Say that again. <laughs> it, the, there's an inevitability in this, in what you're seeing in this adoption curve of a better idea that makes you more money, where it, the the rollover to clean energy is going to happen on a on a oh it's happening baby exponential curve as soon as we hit this point of it's just cheaper than coal. It is cheaper than energy. coal, right? Fuck that. So why shit. would you do coal? <laughs> Right, other than legacy infrastructure and demand and stuff like that, it's right? not but always it's just, cheaper. So that was a lie. Right, exactly. So we're not <laughs> quite there yet. But it illustrates the. It's nice to think like, oh, it's clean, and that's why it's good. It's also cheap, and to it's the rest of money. the world, that's why that's good. But that's that's fun, and that's fun to recognize, and and never needs to be negative. That just just change your perspective a little bit, and then put a positive spin on it again. Let's keep it. It's a fascinating point, right? Like California. <laughs> is is setting a great example and doing what i mean i econ- can economically growing yeah. 
You know who else is setting a great example and who I don't know if we actively talk shit about the location on the show. Maybe I don't even need to reference that. But another place that's doing a great job with renewable energy uh, is Florida. So keep up the good work down there because you're going to need it. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. We shouldn't laugh about that. Cut that whole piece. (laughs) Yeah, there's parts of the country that are going to be underwater. That's a weird thing to live through. Atlantis. Hey, there used to. Hey, kids, there used to be this thing called Miami, <laughs> a mythical city by the ocean. It was a beautiful, diverse cultural center. I think our our continuing episodes on climate change are going to be <laughs> exciting. Climate change, blockchain. I was immediately like, "Well, this is a tracking problem, right? Like, if I can, we can start to, we can measure people's carbon output more carefully. If if the uh, if the record keeping technologies exist." So you can start to just pay a carbon tax, but you pay it based on how much you drive your car, what model of car it is. Shit, I got a thing hooked to the chip where you can literally see my gas mileage if I give you the digital mm-hmm. access. Um, and then I pay out a carbon fee for that, and that money goes toward trying to solve the problem. It's increasingly a thing that you could pitch to people or incorporate in your own business. I quit. <laughs> oh, no. I just realized we weren't recording the previous portion. Anyway, that happens. So, uh, yeah, relating to climate change, don't feel bad about that trip. There's a reason we're doing episodes. I needn't apologize. So so what we promised at the beginning was learning to play an instrument, right? Is that what we called it? Jamming out. What's it like? Why'd you do it? How do you do it? Okay, so... My first question, the, fir- the the early context on this conversation has to be like, how, 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 how good are we? <laughs> how good are we? I consider myself a guitar player. What an awkward, embarrassing it's question. a harmonica player. Uh, I've I, never been paid to do it. What do you play guitar and harmonica? I play guitar and harmonica. I you would have say. A, isn't that a piano in the background of your room? Uh, oh no, that's just a binder. You no, have this is a binder, but we have a piano in the house. My wife plays it. She plays. She plays piano really well, right? Yeah. Um, I play guitar and harmonica. Okay, you're you're great at both of those. Why? Thank you. I don't <laughs> I don't tend to feel that way, but about great myself. Great is such a relative That's part of this whole conversation, term, right? Uh, I play guitar and piano, and I would say I can kind of like beat on drums in a way that sounds like something, but I can't really play drums. Would you say that you could uh, reproduce a track of your choosing in a way that would be uh, competent? Like any any track? Yeah, I mean like, like rock. Song? I don't know, classic rock. Classic rock. Classic rock's probably the hardest. You take a Tom to Petty go. song and learn it well enough that people in a room would go, hey, that's the Tom Petty song. Yeah, Tom Petty stuff's pretty easy for the most part. I probably would struggle in some of the some of the solos. Um, I couldn't I couldn't play. Uh, I couldn't play like Zeppelin, a lot of Zeppelin stuff, Dave Matthews stuff. Uh, who's the guy right now who wrote all those cheesy love songs and now plays with the dead? John Mayer. <laughs> John Mayer. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably play Body as a Wonderland, though. Uh, oh, yeah. I used to play that one a lot. <laughs> <Just nugget. laughs> that's exactly what i was hoping you would say okay 
So the other thing, so we we uh, we already talked about this once, and now I'm trying to remember the bits that were good because I don't have notes on everything. And we forgot <laughs> to record it. Uh, well, that's so a, it's, it's a hard you, question to answer. How you good taught are yourself you? to play, and you started with guitar, right? I started playing guitar in college, my freshman year, and uh, I kind I don't remember as a kid like always wanting to play music like in a way where I was like, ah, get me a guitar and stuff. But I think I did always want to play. I just never like bugged my parents to get one. It just never occurred to me as like something to do, I guess. Even though I loved music, I've always loved music. I always wanted to play. Um, I was never, I never like went after it until college because I was surrounded by people in our music school, um, which was mind blowing for me. Uh, I, my, I was signed up for lessons for things as a kid. <laughs> You know, and I was like, I don't want to go to piano lessons. Um, eventually I did. I was, there was an instrument where I was like, okay, I'll give that a good try. Uh, I took bagpipe lessons for four <laughs> years. Oh yeah, that's right. You play bagpipes um, too. Don't forget. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say that I play bagpipes. <laughs> I, my brother still plays bagpipes, but like I, it, you know, I got far enough into the training. What I started doing was swimming and I didn't have time for it anymore. Um, that's cool too. But after swimming, I started playing guitar again. And now that's been 15 years. So, uh, and I, and I, uh, taught myself to play harmonica in traffic, um, driving around LA. How, how are your guitar and harmonica chops? Uh, I think they're good. They're pretty good. <laughs> uh, but I can, good you know, good. but I, but I, but I, I live with someone who's way better than me and has friends who are way better than all of us. You live in LA and are married to a professional musician. So yeah. that's got to be a tough place to compare yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I also, it's, I'm good with it, right? Like that's, I have my strengths and they're not those. Um, but I also, I still really enjoy music. When did um, you pick up guitar? Like when did you first get a guitar? And start playing. Or I guess probably a better question, because you said you had other lessons. What were those early? What were like those lesson experiences like? Uh, just a dude shows up once a week. Uh, or you go to school and you meet a dude once a week. I played saxophone for a few years, too. I forgot about that. <laughs> I was never to the level past like toot, 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 toot. Like, you know, following sheet music. That has always seemed like such a hard place to throw people into. As a kid, it's like you're going to learn, you're going to have to learn sheet music. You're going to have to learn how to read it. You're going to have to learn musical notation. You're going to have to learn this weird foreign object with like 700 valves on it. You're going to have to learn how to clean your instrument, how to care for your instrument. It's like we need to start simpler here. <laughs> Nobody wants to play Mary Had a Little Lamb one note at a time. That's stupid. <laughs> right. So the idea of being self-taught, at least in both of our contexts, is it started from, hey, it'd be cool if I could play that song. <laughs> Uh, yeah, totally. I'm stoked. This song's amazing. It speaks to me. How do I make sound that sounds like it so I can like be a part of the thing that's happening? But explain, explain the experience of learning that. So you, you said you started from a friend who was like, Hey, here's a riff you can play without moving your fingers. Right. Or something like that. Uh, basically this was, yeah. So I started, like I said, I started in 
college freshman year pretty early because I remember I came home from college on my like winter break or fall break or whatever. So like a couple months into college and I had a guitar and I could play a couple songs. I brought it home to like surprise my parents. I was like, hey, I learned some music. And uh, so one of those early sessions, I was learning with a couple of my buddies who were in our music school um, or who at least were like very accomplished musicians. I mean, everyone around me. <laughs> Strangely, when I got to college, my my neighbor, who is still a good friend of mine now in San Diego, he played a bunch of music. Uh, two other guys who I don't see as often, but I keep in touch with a little bit right across the hall from me, right down the hall. were both amazing guitar players, piano players, trumpet players, like everything. And so uh, they saw that I dug music and I could kind of sing. We jammed out a little bit and then uh, they were kind of teaching me to play guitar. And so this one day I'm hanging out with my buddy uh, Cooper and he's teaching me like some basic chords. We're talking like the first chords I'm learning to play. Right. And so this little strumming pattern he teaches me is just, I'm just playing one chord, which for people who don't play an instrument, it's just your fingers pressing the same spot on the guitar. You just hold them there and you just strum it and it sounds nice. It makes a sound that like you would hear in a song. Than it does then it sounds otherwise. <laughs> right. Uh, and so he taught me this little strumming pattern. He's like, Hey, let me teach you something fun you don't have to move your fingers, just hold your fingers here and strum up and down. And he taught me this little pattern that uh, sounded, it just sounds like this intense, like movie chase scene through a European city and like this cool heist movie. Really simple, really easy to play. I didn't know how to play guitar. It was like, here's your first thing to learn. And I was astonished at how cool it sounded. And I was like, wow, how did you just teach me something that's so easy to do that sounds so complex and rich and interesting and uh, we decided we wanted to test people's perception of music. Um, and this was this was such an interesting experiment for me. Okay, so- stop. Uh, okay. I know for a fact that there's a guitar hanging just off of the camera that I can see. Do you, do you, can you still play it? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, the riff. I know you can play the guitar. But do you remember the riff? I have many bygone riffs in my memory where I'm like, oh, yeah, I used uh, to know how to play glycerine. This is like could, my yeah, first riff. So I better remember how to play it. But that's the thing about this in the story I'm about to tell. It's so simple that it was just it blew my mind that I could without knowing anything. All of a sudden I was like, that is beautiful. And now I'm going to play it. Microphone. You can't see it, but he's reorienting the mic. A minor. It's got a lot of like intensity. It's like a, it's, it's, it, you get a lot of emotion from minor chords, right? Here, there's a lot of depth to that. Are we in like a gun battle in the desert? Is this like an old Western? <laughs> Are we about to just play the riff? <laughs> Maybe it wasn't just one chord. I don't yeah, but you can do a minor <laughs> stuff by just moving your fingers around. So it's probably just like, a- I think it was just this go from that to the seventh lift your index finger okay <laughs> so that's the riff it was something ish, like that that's right? not quite it something like that <laughs> i like that the next thing that you wanted to do was some testing <laughs> what a bunch of engineers we were like let's the- go see if we other would- people think the thing that i think when they hear this <laughs> this sound we went right to testing well, my buddy, it was, it was, I tell this story because I found it so interesting that I so, 
learning, I often tell people learning instruments is it's difficult. It's, it takes a long time and it can be really frustrating, but also there, you hit these little points where you're just like, holy shit, that was amazing. I can't believe I just figured that out. And it sounds so cool. I feel so awesome. It there, you just, you get these little like micro accomplishments. And that first time I was like strumming to something simple, I was blown away because I had no idea what it took to make sound with a guitar. I'd never held a guitar before. I'd never been close to a gar- guitar before. Uh, and to just like strum like that and jam was amazing. And I was like, this sounds amazing. This sounds so cool for me just having learned this. And so he wrote like this really cool guitar solo over those, over that chord, over that little tiny baby chord progression. And we went out to the quad and started, we played the two things for everybody. And we're like, Hey, we're going to play. Can we play a little guitar for you? Uh, he's going to do, he's going to strum something and I'm going to strum something. And we want to know like what you like more and what you think is like harder to play, like, which is more difficult. And I think like unanimously, everyone we talked to thought the little strumming thing I did was beautiful and rich. And they're like, that was awesome. That's got to be really hard to play. And it wasn't the thing he had written was like impossible to play. You had to be a a real musician who'd been playing guitar for a long time, not only to play it, but he wrote it on the spot. So it there's magic there's such depth and magic to playing instruments is is and so how did you progress from there because from there you I haven't to like, really okay i still gonna learn chords and strum. <laughs> <laughs> i've just learned a few more chords having played with you i know that that's not true i can um, the only other thing i can do on guitar is play scales which sort of loosely gets you some solos. I can't remember if we've talked about this in another chunk of this already or not, but like you, 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 you have always in my experience been like, I'm going to learn this song and you learn the whole thing. I tend to stall out at the bridge because I'm like, okay, I got through the riff and the verse, which was the part I cared about. And like, now you're doing a part of the song. that's like, I only need it if I'm going to perform the whole thing. Uh, and I tend to stall out there, right? So like my learning has been a progression of sometimes it's a song that I like and I'm going after, but other times it's like that has an F in it and I need to figure out F. Uh, also, the song is fun. So let's learn to play that song. Right. And then I get that F and then I'm kind of bored with the song and I move on to another thing. <laughs> You've always struck me as a much better guitar player in regards to playing songs in the like complex uh, arrangement in which they were originally performed, which I'm way too lazy to do. I very rarely uh, stop to figure out how is the song really played? What are the complexities, the intricacies? You like can play the jams and the intros and the pieces like you play Clapton pieces and stuff. And it's interesting because not only is that often like two different people in a band, <laughs> right? One person's like playing that complex stuff and another person's kind of keeping the rhythm and, and making the general sound. Right. <clears throat> but uh, it also is, it it's demonstrates, I think there's so much variance in direction you can go with songs. Like who cares if you can play a whole song, right? If there's a piece that you enjoy, there's, there's so much joy in like figuring out and making your body do these weird things and, uh, learning it and how much of your interest in that I'm, I'm going to chase it back to the engineering place how much of your interest in that comes down to it like a technical analysis so here's the thing about music right like it's notation that, uh, written music right there's a way to take a melody in your head and write it on paper 
so other players can read it and learn the thing that you wrote. Like there's a level of complexity where it's like, Hey, it's these chords do this thing, right? You just show people, but then also like classical music is you write it all down via this notation. And that notation is a representation of this interesting sort of formal, there are forms in there. Right. And if you memorize the forms and the patterns, you're playing music. Well, you just kind of have to train yourself how to find it. Right. But there's, there's kind of, there's, there's a technical analysis aspect to this. It's a good question because there's a, there's a component of music when you're learning it and really specifically when you, when you see someone perform, especially up close, if you have like a friend who's a really good musician, uh, there's a, there's a real magic to watching them play because they can do anything. Uh, I have a lot of music has a lot of memories in my head that are kind of like, oh, my God, moments where you're you see something happen and you're like, I just I can't believe that just happened. And my mind is blown. And one of those was uh, my buddy, Paul, another good buddy who uh, who really got me into music and, and taught me a lot. Um, we were at Costco, I think, in college. And there was like classical music playing on the back in the background, like in the store. And we were in the electric piano section. And I was like, Paul, can you do you know how to play any of this musician who ever was like Beethoven or something? And he's like, nah, not really. Uh, And I was like, could you figure it out? He's like, yeah, probably. And he just walks over to a guitar or to a piano. And within a few seconds was just playing along with this beautiful, classical, like world renowned piece of music. And I could tell by watching him that he having like never studied that particular piece of music. And then I think it was even, it was even like stuff. He had never heard this song. It was some classical piece. He never heard. He could, he knew where it was going. He could predict it. He could, it was like he was composing along with the song because he understood the underlying principles of how music works. Well, also if it's a famous classical piece, it probably treads on things that exist everywhere else in the world of, like music. Yeah. Like music notation is interesting because you're, it's like the way, the way I run into this is talking to people about harmonica. Harmonicas come in keys. And as long as you can identify the key of the song and pull the right harmonica, there's a subset of patterns that will never sound bad. They won't go like, and be out of sync with the rest of the song. They might not be as clever or satisfying <laughs> as the other things, but they won't sound like, whoa, what was that noise? They're like they layers they're layers of incorrectness in music. And if you have a harmonica and you're playing with the right song, you it's real hit, hard to slide hit, out of that. Yeah, you're into the yeah. the top layers <laughs> of correctness where like, eh, you're you're pretty much correct the whole time. <laughs> right. Um, and there's notation for that that I don't really understand, right? So I consider that a limitation in my like I don't I don't, I'm not uh, I don't understand music theory at all. And there are people that do, they think of it like code and they just go, Oh, yeah. I can slot in here and it'll be compatible. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it's all music is, uh, uh, music theory is all math based and it's all rooted in the physics of how music is made. Um, and that's, a that's can be, that can be a very sterile way to look at it. Uh, and if you only apply that to the way you play music, it it is not going to sound great. Um, <clears throat> because kind of back to your your uh, science science news piece, uh, there's an organicness to music too. That if it's missing, it doesn't sound right. Right? Like you can hear. It's, it's a lot of people's complaints about 
uh, overly produced music, right? If you just have a computer generate your drum beat, you lose inconsistencies between perfect. the hits, right? You lose right. this this piece that makes it feel human and makes it feel natural. Um, is that a is that a property of its composition or its public, like its performance? Right? Could you have a computer write a thing, but then have human musicians perform it, and it would be still satisfying because you would introduce that randomness at the human layer. Probably you could, you could f- use the lava lamp wall to introduce randomness to I the computer generated piece I too. I suppose <laughs> the pop landscape. So I, we've talked about this before, you know, like what is the notion of popular music? Just the, the product of an algorithm for, making satisfying things. Yeah. That's what popular stuff is, right? It's someone, <laughs> someone comes along and does something novel and then everyone grabs onto it for a while. Right. Uh, there's a, there's a part of playing an instrument to me that has always just, just straight up been about the challenge. Um, this thing's hard, but I also know that it's within my like ability to, if I just focus on it for, for 10 minutes a day, I can learn that trick. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and it gets to this thing of, of just the notion of being self-taught more broadly, I think is like, I'm a glutton for the pain of the process of figuring out that new next hardest thing. Hmm. I'm like, you know what could solve this, this piece. And then I'm like, then the way I learn that piece is just by starting to try to solve it. Um, and I find that reflected in the music space, but in a way that I think maybe would be regarded as a little more frivolous, but it's just like, there's something to the idea of like, I can't do that right now. And I'm going to see if I can do it. And it's going to not be fun for some period of time. Cause it's kind of like, nah, that doesn't, nah, that doesn't sound right. Oh, got it. Okay. That was nice. You fuck it up again. And like, there's this, you know, you have to practice. You practice at music. And then it starts to get into this, the yoga space immediately of like, to what extent is learning to play music something that like everyone should experience, even if they're not producing pop and, you know, uh, uh, things that other people go, ooh, don't stop that, you know? <laughs> um, I think music is get back to that the beginning of our conversation, which was like, should you should you put your kids in music lessons, even though they're going to go, eh, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one. I'm I'm always uh, I'm surprised that more people don't play instruments because if I think if I think through, I, I have so many friends that are love music so much and. They, a lot of them even have instruments. They just have never learned them. I can think of a dozen people off the top of my head who have guitars and they don't play them. They've never, they never learned to play them, but they want to and they don't, uh, despite how much time and energy they put into listening to music. And I always try to be like really encouraging and excited, um, when I'm around them because I just, it was such an interesting experience for me. I just, it just, it totally changed everything I understood about music. 
and has just made it so much more interesting for me. Uh, and I probably granted a an eighteen year old uh, versus someone who's who's my age now, thirty six, twice the age. I probably would have learned a lot of that stuff anyway. Um, but uh, but gosh, what a fun way to engage with the thing that brings so much joy. Um, I just I can hardly listen to music without wanting to play it. Uh, and that's actually a problem I have at live music. I struggle. One of the reasons I struggle with concerts is because I want to be playing. <laughs> there's there's so much there's the energy that I get out of a concert vibe is not one of wanting to dance. It's of wanting to play. Um, and so I get frustrated just kind of being in the audience. You're you're a you're a dancer. <laughs> you're not. You're not part of the audience, Brian. <laughs> I wish I was a dancer. <laughs> Dance you're free, the spe- young man. You're the special one. Okay, here's a, here's a, what, what's the first like full song you learned with words that you could sing? Uh, the first song I could learn that I could sing and play. Well, Wonder actually Wall? that, <laughs> that might've been one of the early ones. Mine uh, was Wonderwall. That's an interesting one. I'm That's an interesting basic. question to ask because uh, I have all these like things that happened when I started to learn to play an instrument that I just wasn't expecting that were so interesting. And that was one of them. The difficulty in being able to play and sing at the same time. It was the first time I had such a prolific struggle internally in my own body and brain with my brain trying to do two things at once. And it was it was forever before I could play songs and sing them. I want to say it was like six months before I could actually play a song and like keep the rhythm and play it and be able to like monitor the guitar playing and monitor my brain singing. And I've always been a singer. I mean, just, just for fun and casual, I can sing, I can whistle, uh, and, and rock and roll, I guess. But, uh, to be able to do them at the same time, it blew my mind how hard that was and still is even to this day. Uh, some songs, if the, if the, set the sound the words and the beat of the guitar are off like dave matthews for instance sings all over the place he doesn't line his lyrics up with the rhythm of the music it's really really hard uh and a lot of really good musicians do that it adds to this interest this intrigue to the music i think i forgot to mention in the introduction about our musical past that i was in choir through like up through 10th grade oh yeah <laughs> these are intensely musical backgrounds you've listed like a dozen instruments that you've forgotten right. you've played yeah <laughs> i guess you're right uh anyway you were in um, the handbell choir too weren't you <laughs> uh not like the full-on choir but they, they tried to recruit me after the part of music class where they teach you the handbells they never tried to recruit me for handbell, and I've always been a little bitter about it. I was like, how can it get any simpler than ringing a bell occasionally when the rhythm? I was like, what the hell? Uh, no one wants to be on the handbell yeah, team. Yeah, I forgot we had the handbell choir in, in, in school. We were exposed to a lot of music through school, too. Oh, like, we had so much good art. We were you we remember were so playing lucky. recorder? So <laughs> like lucky. Grade or something. Vaguely. The little, like, white molded plastic recorders. Yeah. But they have to like they leave in a bucket of bleach for a weekend in between students who take over take spitting disease into them and then all blowing on the same weird, disgusting little machine. Playing bagpipes is a lot like playing recorder. What was what was your first song? What was like the first song you tried to play on guitar that you like learned on guitar? Wonderwall. Yeah, I'm not just making a joke about the meme. Anyway, here's Wonderwall. That was the first song. I was. How did it go? This. Uh, Wonderwall's kind of easy because you can keep two particular fingers 
in one place and still play it competently. The satisfying riff in Wonderwall is accessible uh, at an early stage of like, you kind of only need to know the shape of G and then you move your fingers around a little. I don't know that. Did I you already know uh, enough about music at the time to be able to select a song that was easy to play? Uh, no, I just liked that song at the time. Because that, that's another one of these ones that I think about when I start to think about learning. It's music can go from really, really, really simple, like mind-blowingly simple. Uh, some really successful songs, right, are, are absolutely as simple as can be, all the way up to as complicated as you want, right? There's, there's music theory that goes into some songs that probably only exists in a, in a handful of songs that have ever been popularly produced, right? Um, and when you are uh, learning to play, there's this amazing uh, barrier to entry to lack a useful like music term um, learning curve. There's there's this amazing learning curve of just being able to select things to learn because you don't like have a reference point to know if something's going to be hard or not, uh, which is really interesting when I play. Uh, sometimes when I play with my wife, um, she has uh, really beautiful musical tastes. And so a lot of the songs she picks for us to want to jam together, just like off the cuff, look up the song and play together. Uh, they're really hard. They're way too hard for me to play because she's picking songs that are musicians that happen to do really creative, really complex stuff. And so um, it's funny. I have to be like, nope, too hard, too hard. <laughs> next one, next one. Oop, that one's really easy. Let's look that up and play it. Uh, now I have that like intuitive sense, but... It's always disappointing when you have to do... I, yeah, I'm trying to see if I can remember Wonderwall. I probably... We should close out by playing Wonderwall. That sounded pretty good. Put that mic down on that guitar. <laughs> Let's hear your little riff. Yeah. Somewhere, it's somewhere in there. I don't, I don't remember the transition into the chorus, but you can do that piece of it, which is like, hey, they made you go, yeah, <laughs> by just, it's a pretty, just kind of moves two fingers around in a chord pattern. Well, with the strum pattern, it's not, it's a, it's a very common first song, so much so that there are memes about it. That's the other thing that's so cool, right? You're not playing anything particularly unique. That's not like a special guitar. You could pick up any guitar on the planet and just the variation in strumming and the order and the timing of a couple chords that are just common chords that are in a million other songs, it's instantly identifiable as that song, right? Like what was that game show that used to be on where people would, they would play the first little pieces of song and you had to buzz in to say what the song was. Do you remember what that was called? Name that tune. Name that tune. (laughs) It's that easy. (laughs) Right. People could buzz in on the bit and you're like, I know what it is. And it, it speaks to like the, the, the beauty of sound and our ability as creatures to hear it and uh, and analyze it and and connect with it. It's a nice guitar you got there. Oh, thank you. <laughs> They're pretty. That's here's a here's You're an gorgeous. interesting interaction with this whole thing that we didn't even touch on at all. I build guitars. <laughs> <laughs> You're a hilarious joke around music and music experience. <laughs> there you go. Get some Tom Petty. Is Tom yeah. Petty hard to play? Eventually, you learn any Tom Petty song, you're good. 
they're pretty they're pretty uh they're, they're pretty identifiable substructures that are to do it the right way there's like okay here's eight layers if you get layer one and two <laughs> your your friends yeah. are happy yeah he he keeps it real you know down home american real simple straightforward beautiful lyrics i think the his lyrics aren't aren't complicated though they're just they're just his beautiful imagery you know oh, his imagery he kills it there's there's so many layers um Here's another interesting piece of music uh, when I was learning to play that I feel really dumb looking back on it, thinking this. But when I first started to play songs, I didn't realize uh, that there were like repeating things. I kind of thought that to play a song, you would have to like learn the whole song and that everything was going to be different. And I'd never noticed or I'd never been told or something that they're just like, nah, man, it's just a couple things that you do over and over again. <laughs> it obviously gets, it can be more complicated than that, but most songs like a Tom Petty song, they're like a couple pieces to it that are made up of a couple chords. And then you just repeat that a hundred times. And there's your song. Yeah, with feel you, you repeat it with feeling <laughs> with feeling with different feeling or a little harder strum or a slightly different effect or uh okay here's the first thing i learned on harmonica <laughs> for sure know it <laughs> beautiful Or something like that. I haven't well, tried Dick. to play that in like two years. It's uh, that was a good performance variation of it. I liked it, like a like a singular jam. You gotta just play it once you're committing <laughs> to playing. Like you can't really <laughs> That's worry key. too much about it if you're doing it right. That's key, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But that's a perfect example of something I can still play because just to pass time in traffic, I'd throw it on sometimes and I have that's harmonica in my car. That I great do. instrument to learn in the car yeah. in traffic, especially with these modern self-driving vehicles. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> Imagine if every car was just full of people learning music. You have a guitar lesson, but you also receive it on your way to on your way to school. <laughs> that's a good that's a good sales uh sales technique. classrooms once, once these cars get uh fully fully autonomous they should like come with free instruments choose an instrument of your choice and it'll come right. in your car and now you can learn while you drive to work well the problem is going to be choose a pastime of your choice and then everyone will just watch pornography <laughs> on their way to work <laughs> that's not helpful that won't take us anywhere uh what else you got on this one that felt like um, a good one about you know songs and stuff right yeah, I really wanted to touch on that piece of uh, not knowing that there were different things <laughs> in songs. That really blew my mind when oh, I was like... Oh, yeah. Learning. Like, it's it's all just patterns and pieces, and it's it's yeah. code libraries. <laughs> yeah, it really is. It, it's very programmatic. There's a really cool uh, book. I tell people about this all the time, uh, and I've been meaning to play with it forever. It's it's called, like... Uh, uh, shoot. Music, music for Geeks and Nerds or something, maybe? It uh, It teaches you... You learn to program in Python while you learn music theory, music theory for nerds or something like that. It's, I think it's actually a free PDF online too. Um, but it, you learn to program and you learn music theory at the same time, which is such a beautiful combination. Because um, I think a lot of people uh, 
might not know how connected those two things could be. It's a, it's a cool coming together of like a very organic thing and a very digital digitized modern thing. I mean, that's music notation is a way to write down the patterns so they could be repeated. Yep. Um, okay. I think a good place to wrap this up is you have over the course of this 15 to 20 year period of you progressing at whatever pace through learning guitar. You have, you've been single, you've had a girlfriend, you've found someone, gotten engaged, you're married. Did you for sure play more guitar when you were single? Always. (laughs) (laughs) Of course. Uh, Why? Do you just have, you have more time on your hands? It's a place where you can dump emotions and maybe girls will like you more. Uh, it's gotta be some of the girls like you more thing too. I'm sure that's some of the motivation. I think the two pieces for me have always been, there's a lot of emotion coming out of you after, after breakups always dives me into like a music exploration. Cause you're like passionately listening to songs that are like affecting your emotional state. Um, and then also time you just have when you're a single dude, you just have zero responsibilities. And so why not hang out in your basement alone and pretend to be a rock star? <laughs> Can't hurt. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know that I could say it better than that. <laughs> so let's 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 get out of here. Thanks for thanks for listening to another one. Uh, if you want to help us keep this afloat. Throw us as little as a buck an episode over on Patreon. You can check that out. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot zengineeringpodcast.com. Otherwise, what did you just say? That was such a perfect place to wrap it up. Uh, I made a joke about hanging out in the basement alone and pretending to be a rock star. Yeah, pretend to be a rock star. Rock on. (laughs) (laughs) This is Engineering Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. Keep it fresh. Pretend to be a rock star. Pretend to be a rock star. Pretend to be a rock star. And I'm not going to take the time right now to figure out the like four note little trick you're doing that I could put in my pocket and then do later because I'm so lazy about learning new things.